Talk Radio. Welcome to How Can This Happen? This is Betsy Bell at the Double B Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we are now going to come to you via Renegade Talk Radio and wherever you get your podcasts. And today I want you to know, if you are not confused yet, maybe this will help you finish the job. Inside sources say that President Biden was livid with Garland for not charging Trump sooner. Okay, he's the AG, which would have put Trump in jail by now. This was on a conservative website. Okay. Now, also, for those of us who don't know the truth, Trump decided to take over a vehicle on January 6th and go to the Capitol. Okay, the last time we saw Trump, he was at the White House. He told the Secret Service to let him drive. That was testimony from a Trump insider at a Capitol Hill, I apologize, at a Capitol Hill hearing. It's what we called on law and order hearsay because she didn't see it. She heard it. Do you get it? Besides, when was the last time Trump drove a car? I wouldn't get in a car with him behind the wheel, but I would get behind the country if he was in charge. First, Biden doesn't know that Garland was supposed to charge Trump. Biden doesn't know anything that's going on. Biden doesn't know what he doesn't know. I'm sorry. I have seen dementia up close and personal. I have experienced what is called permanent agitation. Patients with dementia are agitated. As the disease progresses, they become permanently agitated. Trump never wanted an insurrection. He said, and it's on video, gather round my friends, that people were to peacefully march to the Capitol. But that's not the point. Here is the point, and I know you get it, my special audience. Let's say... Trump is exactly what they call him, an insurrectionist. So Trump decided he was going to take over the government. Okay, what, what does that look like? How do you do that? They want you to think that he told those deplorables, let's take over the Capitol. Let's all riot. Let's have an insurrection. What the heck is that? They were all unarmed, but that's just one of those pesky little details. The devil is in the details. Don't let that inform your opinion. How, when, and where did this happen? This nonstop information is not only crazy, but who are these sources? The lies, the fake reporting, the fake scenarios. They're coming to you from both sides nonstop. I know we all have common sense. Dig deep and you will find it. If you don't have any, please pray for some because our very existence depends on it. 
First, don't believe what you read and hear. Second, analyze everything by right and wrong, not gray. Third, keep your eyes wide open. Base every decision on what you see, because that is what you know. Example, since 2021, the state of the world has completely changed. How has the change affected life in America? Are you sure that you can go to the grocery store safely without any risk or bodily harm? Have you noticed a marked difference in your neighborhood? Look around. Are there people at your grocery store that were never there before or at your church? Do you leave groceries off the list because you can't afford them? Is your home gas bill the highest it's ever been? Double what it was? Can you afford your mortgage? Are your wages increasing to keep up with the cost of everything? Of course, you can lie to yourself and say, Oh, it's really not that bad. I'll just keep ponying up and paying it. And then what? It's the worst thing you can imagine if it doesn't change. If it keeps going in the direction it is going, what happens? Something will. You know what? Three years ago, this is what it was like. I had money left over after going to the grocery store. I bought all my favorite brands and didn't choose the store brand to save money. My home gas bill was half of what it is now. I could afford my mortgage, no sweat. All the people at my grocery store are completely different. I'm very wary when I go there and I look around my surroundings a lot more than I did then. I'm seeing spots of homeless that were never there before. My eyes are not deceiving me. I hear you. How can I blame Joe Biden for that? Because Joe Biden is the man I see that's trotted out in front of me, and they are telling me he's the one in charge. How come it wasn't like that when Trump was president? Maybe there's some truth to this fiction, that all is well now, and what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me is I'm not standing up to set the record straight, I can say for sure that I have seen life under both. And I know what I want. I want Trump back. I know his record. I've seen what he did. I don't have to guess what he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. So buck up. Take off the I hate America mantle and go with what you see. Go with what you know. Stop idolizing and start analyzing and then pray. Pray to Jesus, our Savior, because we need his help now more than ever. Okay, I'm taking a break now. I will be 
back because I have something much more down to earth to tell you about. Okay, here we are again, back together. See you in a minute. Don't go away. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Betsy Bell at the Double B Studios and coming to you on radio at Renegade Talk Radio and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm so happy that you could join me today. Uh, This is a new version of the version that I had spoken to you about in segment number one. In ancient times, they had talked extensively about idol worship. And this is to follow up from the first part of the show to describe to you a point of distinction. I stated that we don't need to worship earthly beings. They become for us idols. Idol worship in ancient times was golden calves, which always confused me. I don't know about you. But did that mean that some golden calf, like a gold statue in the form of a calf, which you knelt before and exclaimed, golden calf, solve all my problems? Yes, that's exactly what it was. What that brings to mind is the gold coffin that George Floyd was buried in. George Floyd, he was a symbol He was a symbol of our brokenness, and why would you worship that man? Adoration of an earthly being or object is consuming our lives, folks, with emptiness. We have a massive idol worship today. Example, movie stars, political leaders, sports heroes, and of course... The obsessive, compulsive adoration of self. This is one that I have not mentioned yet. Wait for it. It's coming. We all have a skewed sense of who we are, and I mean that sincerely. Most of us struggle with self-esteem. We think that everyone is better than we are. Thus... Example, neighbors who have a bigger house, friends who have a beautiful husband or wife, fancy car, and on and on. If you think about this, it's all about what stuff you have. If stuff keeps the self-esteem at a high, why do we have to keep getting more stuff? That's what I don't understand. A little stuff would fill the void. What do you learn as you age? Gracefully, I might add, and that even means Mad Dog Red. That shanty Irish girl is that nothing earthly will fulfill your need for connection and your need for love. That feeling of love and connection can never come from what you have. 
but you, my special audience, know that. So what is the last idol that we worship? It's the dog. I know, you're all moaning and groaning. I am too. First, I want to say that I had many dogs in and out of my life. They came and they went. I loved them. But when you want the world to revolve around your dog, that's what I call dog worshiping. I will explain. One of the dogs that made the most impression on my world was a gorgeous red lab named Hank. He was very special. He had a demeanor of this loving calmness. He was mature, pardon me, he was mature by his age. I didn't have to take care of him, though, because he belonged to a friend. I didn't have to feed him, walk him, etc. To me, he was perfect. He would nuzzle you and lick you, and his mom would say, Hank, don't. But I loved him. His eyes said pure love. Did that mean that I worshipped him? In a way, think of this, your feelings of inadequacy can be confused with your desire for attention. In other words, if the dog is giving you attention, it makes you feel loved. If you don't get any real love in the world, there is no more pure love than that of a dog for his master. I'm not saying don't love a dog. I'm saying it becomes an obsession when your world revolves around all things dog. Also, when you can't make time for friends and family. They have to take, the dog has to take the place of the people in your life. Here's one chance I want you to take a look inside the window. It's Thanksgiving, and we are all lucky, those of us there, to celebrate. There are five of us for a big turkey dinner. Because these days, there are a lot more empty chairs in our world. So the conversation is going around on the pets. There are three dog owners out of the five of us. Conversation is lively and boisterous at times. But all about the three dogs in the room. We got to see pictures of the dead ones all the way through. Foods to feed them, maladies they have, basic care, and two hours. We started and we were still on the subject. And now we got to how to brush your dog's teeth. I felt like I was in a nursing home for dogs. I went mad dog red. I said, if you don't change the subject, somebody grab my leash and take me for a walk. I couldn't stand another minute. The dog has taken over family life. Where did I go wrong? My one true love, an object of my affections, is Jesus. He has always been there for me. 
He has never left me without options and solutions to my toughest problems. And I have come to know him. I have taken the opportunity to understand why he died for us on the cross. I want to say, though, when I look around me, I can't believe that he would do that for me, let alone anyone else around me. Thank God he did. I will be right back breaking up the gaggle. I need to refill my carafe. Wine, please. I'll be right back. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, this is Betsy Bell, and we are back. And we are going to get right to it. Do you think that your medical care is as good as it was, say, 10 years ago? It seems to be a lot less about your care and a lot more about what the doctor needs. But I know why. Back in Ought 8, 2008, I had an appointment with my cardiologist, and he told me that he was retiring. I couldn't believe it. He seemed to have a lot of gas left in his tank. He said Medicare is only paying 40% per patient. That was half of what he was making before Obamacare. Moan and groan, I'm getting heckled from the cheap seats. Yes, it is a fact. All the money spent on your medical care over a lifetime is spent in the last few years of your life. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. When you get old, you get sick. Isn't that an aha moment? In order to usher in government-controlled health care, they had to take from the old and give to the young. I'm going to show you. More than half of all the cardiologist patients are on Medicare. If you have a heart problem, you're not a spring chicken. Hmm. The cardiologist would have to see three times more patients than he was seeing before. He also could only spend five minutes or less with each patient if he wanted to make a living. He would have to install a kitchen timer in each examining room. Ding, ding, time's up. Next, have a great life, Mrs. So-and-so. But more importantly, dedicated doctors didn't want to treat their patients that way so they quit. Now the doctors that are practicing can't make anywhere near the money they used to. Funny, that's true of a myriad of career choices. None of them are making what they used to. See, if you train them to settle for less, they'll settle. Eventually, they be cool with nothing, to quote a rapper. I'm not blaming doctors. Doctors have the same costs they had before. Where does that leave us? Make sure you know everything you can about your own body. Don't second-guess your doctor. Just learn and then listen closely to him. 
because he is seeing things he has never seen before that he wasn't taught in medical school. Because standard medical practice is not. Nothing is standard anymore. Everything is unusual and strange. It's called the COVID effect. My hip surgery, yeah, I'm the daughter of a physician, a surgeon. It's a curse as well as a blessing. You know, things you never knew you needed to know and things that you haven't and yet learned. I had a pre-op with my orthopedic surgeon. I told him that I had a hematoma on my leg and it was the result of an auto accident. He looked at it and he said, I, I don't think that's a hematoma. It's fat cells. Yeah, I melted like a marshmallow, especially with the word, my favorite word, fat. Well, my thought was, you know, those fat cells are the same on the other side as they are on this side. Hmm. But the day after my hip surgery, the doctor said he owed me an apology. He said, you have a hematoma. And that answered why I had a drain on my leg. He said, when he made the first incision, the assistant surgeon jumped out of his shoes. And he said to my doctor, what the heck is that? The doctor said, that's a hematoma. So we drained it all good. I'm in physical therapy and I'm doing great. Can't wait to get back to golf. Yay. But I was still in pain and it didn't seem to be coming from my hip. It was really harsh, like nerve pain. Finally, it got to the point where I couldn't walk and I didn't want to keep doing physical therapy because I hurt. The lady that inducted me into the Physical Therapy Hall of Fame, she was really nice. She had no idea where my pain was coming from. So I went back to the surgeon. He took an x-ray and he said, You're fine. I think you need to take stronger meds. Okay. However, I can't walk. I'm not driving. I live alone. And now I'm walking around in the ozone on oxy or something stronger. Boy, I'm really not liking this idea. Plus, the point is I'm in pain. I'm getting harder to get along with. Even Mad Dog Red is pissed at me. The lady that inducted me into the Physical Therapy Hall of Fame decided to move to West Virginia. I can't believe this happened. I met the new lady. She said, hi, I'm here to help. Oh, I was praying she wasn't from the government. The first time she checked me, she said, you have a hematoma. She was a manual therapist. Then we took on the real problem. Now I'm walking and I'm pain free. Why did I tell you this? Because what would have happened if I had stopped physical therapy? What would have happened if I said I give up? What if I didn't know what I needed to know about hematomas? We used to idolize physicians. They are not 
seeing things they have ever seen before. They are one of the reasons that we're all still here. Don't forget that. But where does their responsibility end and yours begin? Make the hard choices based on what you know, what you can see. Be your own biggest advocate. Advocate for what is right and not what looks good. I will be back soon. In the meantime, know yourself. Don't let anyone tell you who you are, my great audience, because we are the light in a dark world. Heaven knows. I'll be back.